Hello everyone, you are listening to Cinema 5000. I'm Mallory, your host, here to talk with you about films I've seen recently, and we are currently at 5,365 films. Kind of a short movie week for me, uh, as far as releases, but these are all 2023 films. That's the first time that's happened, I think, all year long? <laughs> Maybe? Um, but where do we start? We start with the boy and the heron directed by Hayao Miyazaki there is no tagline but this is the summary while the second world war rages the teenage Mahito haunted by his mother's tragic death is relocated from Tokyo to the serene rural, rural home of his new stepmother Natsuko a woman who bears a striking resemblance to the boy's mother as he tries to adjust the strange new world grows even stranger following the appearance of a persistent gray heron who perplexes and bedevils Mahito, dubbing him the, quote, long-awaited one. This is an odd film, a bit bizarre and fantastical, but enjoyable all the same, and with lovely animation that you come to expect when it comes to Miyazaki's films. Uh, I saw this with the dubbed version with Robert Pattinson as the Heron, and uh, I wasn't going to see the subtitle version because I heard some good things about the cast when it came to the uh, English dub. It also includes um, performances by... Florence Pugh, Christian Bale, among others, and uh, I do think the dubbing is good. I liked the cast. I liked the voices that they added. Uh, I did enjoy this movie quite a bit, as I said. Uh, it is hard to describe. Um, it's kind of a journey of self and dealing with grief and loss and also war-torn uh, Japan. And what's like kind of the aftermath, but it's all so strange and kind of, <laughs> I don't want to say incoherent. It's just very out there and bizarre and if I had to come up with any kind of comparison in some ways about what the journey is and the things you see along with Mojito um I guess it kind of is like Alice in Wonderland in a way I'm not gonna spoil why but going different places and seeing different people and uh different visions and things and being I don't know just by evil parakeets <laughs> Um, the evil parakeets were pretty funny and I did enjoy them. <laughs> um, yeah, this is one of those things you just kind of have to see. And if you're used to Miyazaki's films, such as like, I haven't seen Spirited Away. It's the only one I haven't seen out of the big ones that are popular. Uh, shame on me. Maybe someday soon. Uh, but, the, um, Princess Mononoke and like Kiki's Slivery Service, you like, you understand what kind of fantastical things you can kind of expect. And it's a good film, so that helps. Uh, I enjoyed my time watching it in the theater, and luckily it is, it has gotten a wide release, so it might be in a theater near you still today. Um, it is a longer uh, animated film. It's 124 minutes, but it goes by pretty fast, I'd say. So if you're one of those people who are like, oh, animated films are too long. Uh, I don't know if you are, but <laughs> um, with the long runtime, you do get a lot of a journey. Uh, that's for sure. It's a very full film. Um, and it's, um, yeah, Maizaki came back to do this film and had some thoughts about end of career stuff that kind of led to this so um yeah it's fun I liked it uh out there maybe a little bit philosophical at times I can't explain why or how but I think you'd enjoy it so I gave it three and a half stars and like I said I would recommend it uh it is a movie I would want to watch again I don't know if I'd get time to see it again in the theater I don't know how long it's gonna be around 
but let's say I did have the time for it uh, around this upcoming holiday <laughs> end of year stuff, um, I would go and that attempt to go see the subtitle version as opposed to seeing the dubbed version again. So The Boy and the Heron from 2023, directed by Hayao Miyazaki, I gave it three and a half stars. So what's next? We have Napoleon from 2023, directed by Ridley Scott. The tagline is, he came from nothing. He conquered everything. A personal look at the French military's leaders' origins and a swift, ruthless climb to emperor, viewed through the prism of Napoleon's addictive, volatile relationship with his wife and one true love, Josephine. Now, I don't think I was necessarily the audience for this movie. I've seen a historical war film here and there, epics, you name it. I've kind of seen it. Um, I'm just not like any kind of Napoleon aficionado, I guess you could say. <laughs> um, but I went into this just with an open mind of let's see what we're going to get with this one. What Ridley Scott's going to do on screen as far as the biographical aspect of this character. And I do think it's a decent biography. Uh, I wasn't necessarily bored but I wasn't necessarily into it uh, I think the production design was actually really great for a movie like this uh, they clearly put all the money they got from Apple on the screen uh, <laughs> and uh, I think it was well cast for uh, for Vanessa Kirby and Josephine now I'm not always a fan of Vanessa Kirby but I think she has Josephine's character who has ups and downs with her relationship with Napoleon uh seemed pretty well matched against Joaquin Phoenix's Napoleon though Joaquin's take on Napoleon um I'm not sure I was quite into it <laughs> I don't know um he was a bit sleepy and goofy at times and then like just serious in a plain-faced way in how he approached the subject matter um it was it was an odd one, um, but I don't know who I would have cast instead. I don't know if it's a movie that doesn't get made if Joaquin's not in it. I mean, that's entirely possible. He just won an Oscar a couple years ago, so he has he has an audience. He has a draw. Um, one casting bit I did like, though, is that Rupert Everett came on the screen in the last third of the film or so as the Duke of Wellington. And it was just such a welcome presence of an actor like I've seen before, just showing up and doing a great job in something that I found to be pretty memorable as far as a supporting part in such a big film. Um, but it doesn't really have that big of a, how shall I say, a very recognizable cast. Like there's people that I am familiar with, like Taha Rahim uh, and Paul Rise, but like I've it's they're not like marquee names I guess you could say it's not like these are the big commanding performers of the film and plus this is the movie entitled Napoleon so they're not supposed to be anyway um but yeah it was just a welcome presence to have Rupert Everett show up at the end and go toe-to-toe -to -toe with Napoleon um yeah production design I thought was really great I did like the costuming um the music was fine but something about this one just didn't quite work for me it might be that um, there's kind of a disconnected tone that you occasionally get with Ridley Scott and my perception about his movies and his films. And I sort of felt like that through House of Gucci. Um, I still really like House of Gucci, but uh, there's some things about it where I'm kind of like, there could be more here and there isn't. And there's a lot of movie of Napoleon to go around, but um, it does feel a little bit cold and odd in some ways but uh it is certainly 
all of its runtime with its battle scenes and its conflicts and the battle scenes are battle scenes. They're very big. They're very loud. <laughs> um, and they are bloody. But um, I think some people will be not disappointed by this movie. I think it'll give them everything they want. And then maybe, who knows, there's Napoleon fans out there who are just like, this one doesn't do him justice as a historical character. So I'm going to give this movie two and a half stars. Like, I didn't hate it. It just in some ways was really not for me. Um, but people like Vanessa Kirby like helped me get there through the film, even when, you know, it wasn't quite working. And that, you know, trade-off of getting Rupert Everett, who I do like a lot in movies, he's usually kind of bitchy and like <laughs> very uptight. Um, um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I liked him showing up in a film, even when I wasn't necessarily on board with the lead performer. Like Joaquin just like... I don't know. I, who knows? I could. This is a movie I could maybe watch again a later day and just be like, this is the greatest thing ever. <laughs> there was just something a little off about it. Who knows? Maybe that was just my mood. But um, I'm going to give it two and a half stars. Not going to say it's a bad film. But that's Napoleon from 2023, directed by Ridley Scott. Up next, we have The Royal Hotel from 2023, directed by Kitty Green. The tagline is, a fun adventure is all they wanted. After running out of money while backpacking in a tiny, male-dominated town in the Australian outback, two friends resort to a working holiday at the Royal Hotel. When the locals' behavior starts crossing the line, the girls find themselves trapped in an unnerving situation that grows rapidly out of their con control. The two girls in question are played by Julia Garner, she plays Hannah, and Jessica Henwick, who plays Liv. And they're just girls out to have a good time, like the son Marie said, uh, on vacation, you know, drinks, parties, whatever. And at this job, they end up working with the man who owns the place, who is played by Hugo Weaving. His character, Billy, is not the most wonderful boss in the world. Um, he also has some problems and is quite dramatic. Uh, the women try to get through their shifts without too much problems, but a thing they keep on running into is just a lot of taunting from male patrons and harassment. Um, and, you know, it's a bar, so you can kind of expect some behaviors to be out of line, but often Julia Garner's character, Hannah, is... Um, very wary of what's going on and feeling like things are going over the line, but she doesn't want to disappoint her friend Liv and say, we can't work here and make money because they need money. So it's a matter of how much can she take, and it's pretty heartbreaking. Uh, Julia Garner is a performer who, when she has emotions that are severe, you can see it on her face, and her lips become very tight and her eyes like wide like you know she is terrified about what is happening um i really liked her performance here i thought she was just a strong presence as this girl who is um just really like trying to put on a good face but ultimately so concerned about her and her friend's well-being and then Liv, played by jessica henwick um it's a little difficult for Liv to sort of uh, assess the situations that are happening in the way that Hannah is. She's of the, you know, of the mind that these people are just these people. They're not Australian, and that's just how these men behave. But there are things that happen um, that Julia Garner is 
really terrified to verbalize and how much she is scared. And um, <laughs> I will say that there's not necessarily anything that happens in this film that results to things happening that are brutal in the way you might expect them to be in a movie where we're dealing with young women and uh, terrible men being very misogynist. But I always got the sense, however, that Hannah was assuming something bad could happen at times and was trying to keep her guard up and do her best not to result in any kind of violence being enacted against her. Like, she was ready to fight, but also scared to potentially fight. And it really, really shook me um, how her performance could fade so much of her fears. And it's not hard for me to relate. I mean, I'm a woman who has gone out places and seen things that happen. Um, and I know how things can escalate and lead to bad situations. But then again, I've also been the live character where I was too inexperienced to even know how badly things can escalate and if people can get hurt. So, you know, unfortunately, in a lot of ways, we we can only understand how bad things can get and if people can get hurt um, through experience. But we don't know if Hannah has personally experienced any kind of brutalization. But uh, regardless, she is like feeling preyed upon by a certain male character who continuously shows up to the bar and that man pushes up her buttons all the time. And she's terrified about what could happen. And there is an escalation that does happen near the end of the film. And I was so terrified for these women. And this is what this movie wants to convey. It wants to convey the fear that a lot of women have of if you say the wrong thing to a man, he will do something so terrible and brutalize you. And the things that happen, um, you know... It was just a matter of time once this movie got going. Um, but I think it's a good film. I don't think it's a great film. It does feel a little bit one note in its overall quest to portray this awfulness that they experience. And it is loosely based on a documentary about women who work in a bar in Australia who experience all this misogyny um, from patrons. E even when the men say to Hannah that they're just joking, um, there's just some very unnerving things that happen that put them at risk. And no women should have to live through that and go through those awful situations, especially when she sees things here and there at the beginning of her experience that don't just affect her and live, but other women who go to that bar. So it's, it's a very scary film, not in like a horror movie kind of way, but in a way that talks about the real life drama and horror that women can experience um, just existing, how men can just take advantage of situations. And you might assume some guy is, you know, a good guy. And then he shows you he's not, and he's, he doesn't care about your well-being at all. He doesn't even see you as a human being. Um, but I gave The Royal Hotel three stars. Uh, director Kitty Green made another movie called The Assistant, which also stars Julia Garner, which I really loved. I That was my one of my favorite films from that year that it came out. I think it was 2019. Uh, just a tremendous film about uh, misogyny in the workplace and uh, just a loosely placed story about a certain film executive uh, and his bad behaviors and how that led to a toxic workspace. I would recommend that. I also would recommend The Royal, Royal Hotel, as I said, from 2023, directed by Kitty Green. Uh, that's available to rent 
So it's only 90 minutes. It's a pretty quick film, but uh, if you're looking for something that might have a female eye as far as behaviors and the things that women sort of understand, like there was little things Julia Garner's character did that like I was just like, oh, oh girl, I know what you're going through. I know how scary that is. And like just things that, you know, people say in their performances without saying much at all. Like, really great performance from her. I really liked her in this film, and it's a good film. Uh, so our last film. It's The Boys in the Boat from 2023, directed by George Clooney. I figured this was going to be the latest real mystery movie, and it sure was. Uh, it has no tagline. Shocking. Uh, <laughs> but what is The Boys in the Boat? The triumphant underdog story of the University of Washington men's rowing team who stunned the world spoiler alert, by winning gold at the 1936 Berlin Olympics. Uh, this movie stars Callum Turner as, is it Joe Rance? Yeah, Joe Rance. Joe Rance. He's a guy who's living in par poverty during the Depression era Seattle. He's got a hole in his boot and a, you know, dream in his head. He wants to get an education and what's he going to do? Well, he's going to join the join, join the university rowing team. Uh, my mind. <laughs> I can't really talk. Um, <laughs> and this rowing team is run by Joel Edgerton. Um, <laughs> I, I got to give this movie credit. Uh, most of the cast looked like old timey face people. So I respect it. I like it when a movie casts people who look older as far as the period they might be from like there's nobody in this movie that screams 2023 to you they all look like people who could have been alive in the 1930s and they're styled well good costuming good music i i think my favorite film about this film was the score by alexandra Desplat. like really lovely music here and there and uh it's good um <laughs> story wise though what is the boys in the boat well it doesn't really do a good job of balancing its story because it starts out about Joe Rance and his quest to get an education to support himself and then it gets into the rowing team stuff and then the rowing stuff doesn't always focus on Joe it starts to talk about the coach Joel Edgerton starts to talk about boat making starts to talk about a lot of things and it's it's not a good script I was not a fan of the writing of this and then this is directed by George Clooney George Clooney's not in the movie. Um, <laughs> but what is this overall? Um, it's a bit... <laughs> it's a bit of a Hallmark movie. It is very pure and inoffensive. It almost has nothing to say other than these boys, they won this gold medal, and they went to the Olympics, and Hitler was there, and they won, and they beat Germany, and that's about it. Um... And Joel, Joel Edgerton, like, he doesn't necessarily have much to do other than just show up and be like, well, we got to beat so-and-so. <laughs> you boys can do it. Um, <laughs> it's a weird film. It is so weird because it has, like, minor conflicts sprinkled along the way outside of just the general quest to win because it's just about winning, ultimately. Like, conflict between the different men on the rowing team with... J uh, Joe Rands and it's not done well like the conflict is just like so-and-so saying this about so-and-so and it wraps itself up within like two minutes what's the point of that um <laughs> and then there is what character I this cracked me up oh my god this there's this 
this character in the movie who is like very nervous around girls uh he gets egged on to perform it at like some party like on piano because they know he's talented this kid looks so nervous and upset almost the entire film and then he gets sick and then he has a moment where he quite literally uh ends up in the toilet vomiting and it cracked me up because he just looked like he was going to puke the whole entire movie and it was just like inevitable that he would end up puking at some point <laughs> what a weird weird bit of casting and uh sort of resolve for that um one performance i did like that i'm going to mention just because it's not it's not one of the main characters um the guy who is the boat caller who gets in the boat and like eggs everybody on really good performance from the actor Luke Slattery. I've never seen him in anything before. Has he done anything before? He's done a, okay. So technically he is in the movie, the post, which I have seen, but he was a good actor. I've never seen him a movie before, but had the wherewithal to sort of, you know, be a performer who has those memorable moments. It takes advantage of them like really, really well, like good on him. But the boys in the boat, what is it? Other than just this quest to win and a brief sort of, I don't know, two thirds or so, like it feels very slight, the story about Joe, Callum Turner's character, and which is too bad because I did like him. I liked his look. He's also blonde in this movie and it actually kind of worked for me. I don't know. This movie, it wasn't bad. It had very classic sports movie trappings of how it worked and how it looked and all that stuff. I think something about it just rubs me a little bit the wrong way because it never takes any risks. There's nothing about this that is surprising. You could show this to small children. They wouldn't be entertained by it, but there's nothing offensive about it. Literally the only thing in this movie where it takes any kind of risk as far as content or anything is that there's a suggestion that someone is going to have sex because a woman walks out of a room, it cuts back to the man, and then it cuts back to her nightgown on the floor. And that's it. This is just such a cut and dry, clean, historical sports drama that just doesn't want to do anything to offend anybody and is also really not deep at all. There's no nuance in these characters. They're all paper thin. There's no, like I said, there's no conflict other than just the general quest to win and then the slight suggestion here and there that, you know, so-and-so has no money, blah, blah, blah. It's, it's not, yeah, there's, there's things about it that I want to say I like, but ultimately there's a disappointment in that they didn't really go for it. Like George Clooney is a filmmaker who I think can make any movie he wants he probably could. Him and Grant Heslov producing this movie, they could just say George Clooney wants to make a movie and probably get it done. But the movies he makes are just not impressive. The last film he uh, had out was The Tender Bar. I think that came out like two years ago, maybe last year, 2021. Not an impressive film. Like nothing about it was impressive. And it was maybe getting notes here and there from Ben Affleck's supporting performance. It just didn't go for it. Like George Clooney, I think... I think you should hang it up as a filmmaker to like just keep acting because the directing thing just I don't think it's working and now I look at his directing slate and it looks like he's got two movies in development maybe what is this Calico Joe Echo what is this oh come on um yeah I I don't want to say this is a bad movie it's just a movie that has yeah just doesn't have the effort where it's kind of needed to be a memorable one and like I said, it's very hallmarky. It's very gee golly, pure, like 
just this is the way it was in the old times kind of filmmaking. Um, so I gave it two and a half stars because I didn't hate watching it. I was totally expecting it when I watched it, despite it being a mystery movie. But I do question, like, where's the effort in making a movie like this? Now, I just rated Napoleon two and a half stars, and there's definitely effort in that movie, and it has a fulfilling script. Um, but when it comes down to it, you know, it wasn't totally satisfying. But this was not satisfying the more, more I think about it. Like, it just doesn't, doesn't really have, you know, any heft. It doesn't have, yeah keep saying effort like I want more out of my movies so that's why I can't give it three stars it's only two and a half um, but that's the boys in the boat from 2023 coming soon to theaters directed by George Clooney uh, but I will say if there's like a movie you want to take the whole family to for the holidays blah 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 this is probably the movie that's going to work the best for every single person uh, if they don't fall asleep <laughs> but uh yeah, the more I think about it, it's like, come on, boys, but you could have been such a better film. And um, I'm not going to blame anybody who gives it a rating lower than that, because, yeah, it's just not, it's not the, uh, it's not the kind of movie that really was going for it. You know, it could have been a, like a better script. Like, absolutely. That's the George Clooney directing aside. The script just doesn't have the stuff in there, I don't think. Or maybe he didn't convey those things right. Maybe like the original script is better and they cut it down. Who knows? I don't know. Uh, it's not really worth thinking about that much because it's not that deep. Uh, despite it being about boats on water. Not that deep. Okay, yeah. Not successful there on the pun. Anyway, uh, but that is the episode. Uh, I do thank you again for listening to this episode. Uh, if you want to follow along on X slash Twitter, whatever it is, and Instagram, the handle's the same. It's Cinema5K. If you want to send an email, send an email to Cinema5Kpod at gmail.com. We are also on Facebook now. I say we, but it's really me. Cinema 5000 po excuse me, Cinema 5000 podcast is on Facebook. So follow the page there. Uh and you'll get some updates. Um but what is coming for movies? Uh I guess I'm seeing Maestro soon. Yeah, but you're going to have to wait for that review because the next episode is going to be a holiday episode. You'll find out more when that comes out. Uh, but I do thank you again for listening. My name is Mallory and uh, I'll talk to you later. Okay. Bye.